Welcome back to the Trap Says Podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Aaron. And in this week's episode, we're going to be talking to you about why we are coming home a little early and also how we get healthcare travel contracts as a couple with both of us working. Actually, so we have a friend. Yeah, a big friend. A huge alligator friend, basically, that lives in the rafters of our villa. We've never actually seen I this have. thing. You have. He came out in the kitchen. Oof, I don't want to. I don't. Oh my God. I just got the fucking chills. And don't I have, tell me. I have huge hands and he's way bigger than my hands. Is he bigger than... <laughs> I need a scale. Yeah, no. no, he's so massive. he it's a like a giant lizard that literally it's a gecko. Okay, it's not a gecko. Yes, it's it like is. a Komodo dragon. <laughs> okay. And it sits up in the rafters and basically poops all over the floor. Yeah. So my morning routine now begins with I walk out into the kitchen and I clean up dragon poop <laughs> off the floor. And on the counters. And all over the counters, yep. And then all night pretty much i guess or it's not all the time he can he's pretty considerate yeah you know with the the hours but we'll just be sitting here and you'll just hear yeah he's been and that's what he does all day he stares at us lately he's been growling a little bit it's been more of like a (laughs) and it's like very bizarre so i'm like is he pissed at us for something like i don't know but then he has all of his little minion friends who are small little geckos. They're, yeah, not scary ones. And they make little like tweak noises all the time. So it's it's like a it's a chorus of geckos. They have a whole like vibe happening and basically we can just see their eyes watching us at all times so we can't actually like see their bodies and it's like the freakiest thing yeah. ever. And I mean, luckily it's just a lizard because I'm not that scared of lizards, but just knowing and you, and also you can just hear the pitter patter of yeah. their uh foot on the on the thatch. yeah like running it's like they're like, yeah you just know they're lurking like fighting or whatever Ugh. because our roof is a thatch roof and it like <coughs> you done and it sorry it overhangs uh from the like rafters and it's like open to the outside so they can get in and out and that's yeah anyway it's it's a it's all you know it's we're a just, Balinese experience we're, it is it is an authentic Balinese experience of living in the jungle and basically just having critters in your bed I mean that's kind of the truth <laughs> we also have a what are they called a canopy bed right yeah and uh they have mosquito nets on them and they're holding up the mosquito nets but I was thinking thank god we have the canopy bed because all you hear all night is little like droppings hitting yeah, the top just, of the canopy they just poop all over the house i, <laughs> I mean, can't I, believe they poop so much i know i've just never seen anything like that where like my my life literally revolves now around cleaning up lizard poop yeah anyway okay, okay. let's get into the show let's let's do it so okay where are we at first of all we're we're back from the gilly islands oh which i just thought of this but tell, like the shark story with the oh i think God. we gotta tell that story because it because it's okay. kind of crazy so we went to the gilly islands which is these beautiful islands about a two-hour boat ride off the coast of bali like if you're in bali you definitely want to make the journey over there they're absolutely beautiful it's actually lombok isn't it it's yeah, considered Lombok. Yeah, it, yeah, the Gili Islands are a part of Lombok, which is just another island that's a part of Indonesia, because Indonesia is like thousands of islands, basically, and Bali just happens to be one of those islands. So we went to the Gili Islands. Before we left, Aaron and I were both sick, oh, yeah. which is crazy, and just like not feeling well, kind Seems of inner... What is wrong with us? I, I feel like know. our immune systems have weakened. Like, I never used to get sick as often now i feel very sickly like i'm always sick (laughs) you know i just think you got a really bad sickness and haven't cured like kicked it i guess Mm -hmm. but we were kind of and then we felt better we went to the gilly islands and now we're home back in bali and we're both kind of like sickly again like we like i feel like i'm i'm being swallowed up by the mucus in my yeah. Throw. The thing is, is like, we didn't even go that hard either. That's we took right. naps every single day. 
I mean, I took two-hour naps almost every single day we were in Gilly. Oh, yeah, you were living The only time life. that we went hard, we were still home at 11, and we had espresso martinis, <laughs> way too many of them. Yeah. Um, but the dude was, like, one of the best musicians I've probably, top ten I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway. You got, you, so, we went to this place to watch the sunset yeah. in the Gilly Islands. It was the most beautiful sunset we've ever seen i mean really honestly like not exaggerating yeah hands down the most epic sunset i've ever seen it was completely full just full sun the The colors went on for hours and hours it was i've never seen anything like it we sat there watched the sunset drank espresso martinis watched live music with this guy who is incredible like he was a showman he was fun he was an entertainer he knew all of the our everyone's favorite songs and he was he was was one of those guys that do the where he'll like lay the rhythm on his guitar and record it and then he'll do like a drum beat and record it and then it's like all like done by the pedal and so it sounds like a full band but it's just him and then he was like wasted at four. Oh my god at 4 p.m and then was just like kept going and it's funny because we watch a lot of live music and in the united states they take a ton of breaks and this dude went from he took one break from like 6 10 to 6 30 and then he played the entire night the whole night yeah. and we actually left before he was even done and we were because we were like oh my gosh we're so tired we had to ride our bikes home like we were ready to go i think what time like 11 o'clock yeah. he was still going and he, it was one of those nights and like one of those he was one of those guys like the music was so good that we just did not want to leave where we stood there and like drink water and we kept itching away but like we couldn't actually go because we're like we don't want to miss anything what is he going to play next it it was just that good it was probably one of the best nights live music the vibe we are sitting on the beach on the sand in beanbag chairs Drinking espresso martinis, watching the sunset with a bonfire. It was just one of those nights where you're looking around and you're like, wow. This is why we travel. We're, yeah, we're in the middle of the Indian Ocean having one of the best nights ever. This is incredible. And then I had this moment of like watching the sun set, right? Like it was, you could see it going over the horizon. And it was weird because I'm like, wow, it's completely setting here and it's on its way to Florida where it's going to rise, where it's rising right yeah. now, basically, because yeah. we're 12 hours apart. And I'm like, that is weird. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like, it's like going over where we can't see anymore, but yet up. I know. Yeah, it's I was, it was having all those thoughts, like sitting there looking at the stars, listening to the music, like just all, it was like, wow, this is, it was just one of those things that I'll always remember. Yeah. It was such a great night. Anyway, getting to that. Okay. So. Oh, yeah. and I brought up the whole sick thing just also because if, if we're coughing a little bit, like I'm trying not to, but like it, it's like one of those annoying coughs that just, just comes yeah. and it's, it's, doesn't stop. And it's dry. And I feel like I have a little bit of a sexy, mucusy voice happening. So just wanted to like preface with that. Okay. okay. So, uh, you want to tell well, a shark story real quick? Yeah. So basically, <coughs> okay. so basically after um, the epic night of music and we went a little too hard, we had a snorkel day um, the next day and Kim was all hungover, of course. Oh my God. Like, but, you know, first time in the water. I was like, I'm literally going to be chumming in the water <laughs> yeah. because I was, I felt so sick yeah it was really cool because uh gilly's known for sea turtles and so we were literally we got out early because we took a private tour that's a little pro tip um if you kind of want to we were able to to pick an earlier time to go out so we beat all the tour boats out there so we were able to go swim with the sea turtles before anybody was even up and we went an opposite stop so we went farther where everybody else stops at the statues in the water, it's kind of a cool thing. It's like underwater <laughs> statues that's famous for Gilly. Um, but we got to go and swim with the turtles by ourselves, which is really cool. And so basically we did that all day. And then the next day... I wanted to just put in there okay. too is that you pay a little bit more oh, yeah. for these private tours. And we always used to do group tours. Like uh-huh. we always did group tours. We never have done a private tour. And I don't know when we started doing private tours. Just I guess... recently. Cause, because it's it's not that expensive, I think. So here, like it, it's a little bit, it's it's more, but it was it was forty dollars more basically mm-hmm. for us to have our own boat and to have our own experience and to be completely our own private. Guide. 
our own guide versus being on a boat with 20 or 30 other people all like trying to see the same turtle well right so when you look at it like that we're like 40 dollars like yeah that is so worth it to pay a little more to have a private experience because we could just do our own thing right and i think that's the biggest thing right because if you were still going on a private tour paying the extra money and then still ending up with the large group of people it's like being in a group tour so I think that was the benefit was being able to kind of maneuver around all the tourists. There was still a lot there of people lot at of the people statues there. and stuff, but I liked having the turtle time to ourselves, and then we could kind of be like, okay, we're ready to go, let's go, let's go or eat lunch. let's stay longer or whatever. So I yeah. think that's definitely something moving forward. I enjoy the experience more of having the private tour, but with the group tour, it is nice because then you do meet people. Whether that's good or bad, sometimes like you have like a, a group that you're kind of like ant with, and then sometimes you meet people and you're like, wow. This is cool. And we've met a lot of people traveling through group tours, so you kind of have to like weigh out what yeah. kind of mood you're in. I will say, I just thought about this. I literally had what I consider one of my closest like near-death experiences. Oh, like, God. It was the most insane thing I've ever had happen to me, and... It was basically we were snorkeling and our guide was like the Little Mermaid, um, Indonesian style. He was an incredible swimmer. Like he literally, it would be about 20 feet deep and he would go down to the bottom and just like lay down and like he would know where things were. And so he went and found like Nemo, like finding Nemo, the fish, where they live. And so he just went down and kind of ran his hands through the little uh, thing. The seaweed. The seaweed thing. And these Nemo fish like came out. Can I just say that was such a moment? I was like, wow, I've never seen a Nemo fish yeah. in real life. And him shaking the seaweed, like under the water, holding his breath for 15 minutes, yeah. just getting all the Nemos out. And I was, and it didn't stop. I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah. I mean, granted, I, I don't really like it that you're going down there and shaking their oh, house Oh, I guess up that's kind of rude. Because that's their like protection. And then now they're out in the open. Because if you've um, ever seen I Finding Nemo. I think about it like that. Yeah. But anyway, we got to see them, which we wouldn't have. But I, you know, it's that whole trade off, right? Like. Yeah. Anyway. We got the shot. We got the... No. We're, we're assholes. So I went down to go get the shot. And again, it was 20 feet deep because uh, I asked our guide, like, how many meters was that? And when I got to the bottom, I had been feeling the pressure in my head um, that you get when you go down that deep. And so I was just basically blowing out of my nose and everything was fine. Um, but this time I went down and I felt something like pop, like in my head and it was literally like I was on a helicopter spinning out of control. It was 100 miles an hour going round and round and round. And because I was going down when it happened, I was trying to get myself back up, but I didn't know which way was up. I couldn't tell. And I was running out of breath to get to the top. So I'm just trying to paddle. But my brain is telling me, you're not swimming the right way. <clears throat> and so the panic set in and I'm trying to stay calm. And then I'm feeling nauseous because I'm just spinning. And then my brain was basically saying, you're not underwater anymore. It was this whole <coughs> experience that happened within two seconds. But it felt like ten minutes. So, like, I, I did, so I was watching Aaron under the water from, like, the surface with my goggles and my snorkel. <laughs> because I learned that I can't hold my breath for that long. And... Even though I tried, it was like these super quick moments, right? Of just like going under and coming up. And my, I would go down a little bit and my ears felt like they were going to blow out. And I, I've been having issues with my ears anyway. So anyways, I was safely watching from the surface Aaron go down. And I saw him coming up. And it did. It happened really fast. I know in the moment it felt like slow motion. And you were coming up and you were like spinning like almost like the little mermaid when she's like coming up and she's like spinning and like looking over the surface and i thought you were just doing tricks because <laughs> that's what it looked like you were just like like spinning on the way up like i was like whoa like he's being like he's Tricky. like in this yeah. right now like he was like feeling uh -huh. it yeah wait no that's latin no i was like yeah I look at this stuff isn't it neat yeah when she like shoots to the surface yeah. and then you pop up and you're like oh my god babe i'm like i'm freaking out I, and i had no idea and it was freaky because i you very rarely freak out about anything uh -huh. like if you say something it's 
worse than it actually is. Correct. You downplay everything when it comes to like your physical stuff, unless you like, ha- like have a headache or something, and then it's like. <laughs> if I have a man cold, oh it's my, over. Yeah, it's so dramatic. If you haven't googled man cold, it's the funniest skit ever. Just Google man cold, and it comes up. It's. I need to Google that. I've shown it to you. No, I know. We're like the wife's sick too, and she's like, "I'm sick," and he's like, "I'm sick." (laughs) He has a man cold. It's hilarious. He calls like four one or you know two one one instead of nine one one to like. uh, It's hilarious. I feel like guys are such babies when it comes to that kind of stuff. And so, but right, they tell her to go fix him some soup. It sounds about right. Like, it's too much. But, like, I feel... What was I just going to say? I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah. But, so when it comes to that kind of stuff, baby. Like, baby bear. But when it comes to serious stuff, it's like... Like, oh my... Like, your head's falling off and you're like, it's fine. Everything's fine. I'm like, what's that about? Let me just speak to that. What's that about, That's very interesting because if I slightly cut my finger with a knife or something... Oh, God, or a paper cut. It's the worst. Like, the whole... For two days, I'm just like, my hand hurts so bad. Yeah, right? crying. But I'm also the guy that shatters his knuckle, breaks his wrist and his fingers, and go out and pitch. Like, when I was younger, I've played with broken ribs. Like, when I break something, I'm just like, I'm fine. It's the, so what do I you think that's about? I have no idea. Because I, I do feel like, and I know I'm like stereotyping here, but I, I do feel like a lot of men are like that. Like... They complain way away about little things that they need to be babied for. But when it comes to really big things, yeah, they play through broken ribs and play through, you know, concussions and crazy ass shit. And you're like, okay, but I don't get that. It's an interesting dynamic. Well, not even play through. You know, it's like even at work, like putting my gloves on when I have a cut or something. It's like so painful. Yeah. But yet, you know, like I'm deathly sick and I'm like you know can barely hold my head up but I'm there and I'm like happy and like and I don't know it's the weirdest yeah really weird okay anyway so anyways he comes up and he says that and again I knew it was worse than what he was saying because he looked panicked like you looked panicked like when you came up and you're and I could see you like you looked out of it and I was and it freaked me out Sorry, I'm just trying to swallow, like, freaking mucus. Um, and so, anyways, you're like, I have to go back to the boat. And and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, are you, like, legit okay? Because I know when you go down deep like that, you get a lot of things. You know, the pressure and different yeah. things. Anyways, come to find out, you we think that you had, like, what is it, diver's the vertigo? vertigo yeah. Which is so weird. Yeah. We also learned from looking that up that you're not supposed to fart in a wetsuit. Oh my God. I know. Because <laughs> the pressure can literally blow a hole in your wetsuit and then it can cause you to surface too fast. No. And then you get decompression syndrome. Hold on. Aaron, so Aaron's Googling, right? So we, we make, it, make it through the snorkel tour. Luckily, we were pretty much done because he was like, I can't get back in the water. I feel so weird right now. Yeah. I feel off. And um, anyway, so we get back to our place and he's Googling like all the things like, what is this? What could it be? Because our guy who's a badass who is, you know, and he spear fishes and, you know, he's he holds his breath. He's used to it. He's a diver or whatever. Aaron was like explaining it and he was kind of just like you need to like blow from your ears if you go down whatever like he kind of like shrugged it off off. where Aaron was like no bro I think like something something's off wrong like I feel really off right now so we go home we go to Dr. Google and you're laying in bed and you're like googling all these things I'm still having symptoms I know and you're googling all the things you're trying to figure out what could it be what is it and then he's like babe can I just like read this to you and it was uh, wasn't it like a legit serious it, article? It yeah. wasn't supposed to be a joke. Like it wasn't a meme. No, it's not a meme or like a funny. No, it was a legit divers. Like these are things to like watch out for. Okay. So he's reading the article and it's talking about <laughs> do not fart in your wetsuit because A, your wetsuit is really expensive and you're going to blow a hole through it. And the way they said it was... Because of the pressure. You'll blow out your wetsuit or you'll, something yeah. like that. It was the like way very it was dramatic. Where, I wish yeah. we had it. Ugh. And then it was... And then um, the pressure will shoot you to the surface so fast, like a bullet, that you'll get decompression sickness. <laughs> and it, But like it was not a joke. It wasn't meant to be a joke. And I'm like, this is not real. Yeah. This, is, this is too much. Like nobody would ever 
die well, in the I, fear of a fart. And I, and I would have You're never, gonna die. I would have never known that if I did not have that situation happen to me. So I'm very grateful. Now that you know. Now, now you know. Now I know. Don't eat beans before you go for yeah, a dive. No, no. I wouldn't last a second. Anyway, we are totally off track. Here. Okay, so coming back. So basically, long story long, we ended up doing the next day this thing called subwinging. Wow, you did it. I know. I It's like the first time I've ever said it. I mean, it's been fixed wing. It's been all sorts of... I kind of of refuse to say the correct thing. (laughs) That it just became like a thing. Like, what can I call it now, you know? And so, um, basically, you hang on the back of this fin. Uh And dangling from a rope from the back of a boat. Yeah. And you're hanging on. And it's basically like you're snorkeling... At top speed. No, you're not. Oh my god, I was going fifty. I was not. Do not tell them. Okay, one hundred percent. I was going fifty. I could. My arms. I could barely move because mine was so out of control that I was trying to hold on for dear life. Okay, this is one of those moments that you don't say that you were going fifty. You can say that it felt fast. Okay, I felt like I was going fifty or seventy. Correct, but when we got in the boat because we were the first to go. We didn't even think they were going because we were going so slow. Oh, yeah. The boat itself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me. Let me. Uh, <laughs> you see what so I'm saying here? The boat okay. itself is not going 50 or 70 miles an hour because that would be crazy. The boat doesn't even feel like it's moving. The boat is going. It's Yeah. It's basically drifting in the waves. Like it's not. <laughs> the motor's going, but yeah. Yeah. So it's not going very fast. Um. But in when you're in the water, in the hanging on, it feels very, very fast. Like, for me, I, my cheeks were blown back because Whoa. watch the videos. Watch, see, the like, I my cheeks are blowing back from the speed. I just think it's funny that we went out and bought you a bathing suit just because of that. And it still barely hung on. Oh, my boobs were out like the a, whole time. It was like a sports bra. Yeah. And they still were coming <laughs> My out. nips were out the entire time. Like, there was one everybody time, was getting a shot. There was shot. one time I looked down. Uh, the first time we weren't filming, and I looked over, and I just see both Kim's boobs just flopping just in the water out. just completely out of her bathing suit and she's just hanging on like a bullet flying through the water like oh my god our guide is like showing us how to yeah. do it and he's under the water doing spins and like looking up and there's just tits mcgee there i was wondering like, why he kept looking up at me yeah. he was just like underneath me like looking up i'm like wow he like really wants to show me things <laughs> no you're showing him things he was just like looking at my boobs yeah. it, so it, it was actually really really fun and you know we we've talked about this before but we have a thing with deep water it's not like our favorite thing it's like yeah it's just not but it's something we've been working on getting over because it's once you're out there like it's so fun you're under the water and it's beautiful and um i really do enjoy it it's like getting through the fear of it and being like relaxed like everything's fine um it's enjoyable so it was really really fun at first and i will say too for all of you wondering about subway number one go to our instagram uh, and check out the reel that we put together it was a close-up of the gopro so you couldn't actually see a lot of like what was around us but the whole thing i wanted to get out was it you literally get to cover so much ground snorkeling instead of having to swim and you're still able to see everything we saw tons of fish and i saw a big turtle we swam we went right by like a huge turtle I mean, it was amazing. So, yeah. like, what you can think about of, like, going underwater and holding your breath for, like, 30 seconds, you get to cover a lot of ground. Right. So, basically, because with the board, too, like, you can dive down with the board and then you can come up and you take a it's breath. Steerable. Yeah, because you're not, you don't have oxygen or anything. So, like, basically, you're at the surface and then you go under and you're wearing snorkel goggles. So, you're you're able to see everything and you're going fast. Right, so it's like I say snorkeling on crack because Aaron right. doesn't like that word crack for some reason. <laughs> it's just like it's... when I wrote it, he's like, I don't like snorkeling on crack, but like that's kind of what it is. It's like souped up uh-huh. snorkeling, and so but you dive down for as long as you can hold your breath, and then you pop back up and you take a breath and you go back down. So like you're kind of controlling this fin, and you're just you're you're going over a reef and you're seeing all this stuff. So it's really cool. Yeah, and I was really enjoying myself. <laughs> Until I pop up. Okay, so we went the second time. And the second time, we went twice. The second time wasn't my favorite because I felt like the water got 
way more choppy. It was like murky, like it had been like kicked up, right? Um, And we were deeper where the first time it was like shallow. We were over a reef. Like you could really see everything. The clarity was really beautiful. So the second time I'm already kind of like, eh, okay, like this is weird. You know, I already don't like deep water. It feels a little murky and eh. And then I come up for a breath. And I look over and Aaron is doing the universal like diving sign where you put your hand on your forehead like a fin and it's like it signals shark. Like that's like, you know, water, water talk for you. Okay. (laughs) So I look over and I see that. Okay. Now, and he says shark. There's no real explanation after that because Again, we're on top of the water. It's choppy. We're far apart. We can't. It's not like we can just like have a chat about it. You know, like <laughs> I'm like literally going under the water, swallowing, drowning, basically. As she's screaming. Yeah, because now I'm screaming at the top All of my lungs. All I can lungs. hear as I go back down is, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I'm done. So, so I'm, I'm like. I'm over it. So he's like shark, okay. I and I'm reef shark. No, he says, you say. You hear shark. No, no, no. You say shark. I said reef shark. He said shark. Okay, capital S, shark, chomp. That's what you said. That's what I heard. I think the funniest part. Hold on, I'm not finished. Let me finish. So then I'm freaking out because that is my biggest fear. And here, I just want to say, I obviously know people dive all the time. Like most sharks are not man eaters. They're not just going to attack you and be aggressive. Like people dive with sharks all the time. Like I get all of that. But for me personally, I'm not into like sharky vibes and... (laughs) It's I'm it's my biggest fear and why I don't like deep water because I'm just I don't want to see a shark like I, at this point I don't want to see it. I know they're cool to see people like looking at them. I'm not one of those people. So that's the worst thing that anybody could could show me. Then he so he says shark <laughs> and then disappears into the abyss where like I literally don't see him anymore. I can't turn my neck. Because I'm going too fast. Okay. Okay. And my neck is like creaking and it's really hard to turn your head in the water like that. So now all I can do is look forward. I can't see anything. I can't see Aaron. I'm freaked out. And in my peripheral, all I can see is the shark now circling me and stalking me. And I just keep seeing this fin fly by. And I'm like, oh my God, like literally Aaron's gone. I couldn't see you under the water. The shark is now circling me and keeps going, like showing its teeth in my mask. And I'm just dangling behind this boat. So again, like you're just out dangling behind a boat. It's not like I can be like, ah, help, let me in and jump on the boat. The boat is so far away. I'm bobbing on top of the water. And also I was scared to look underneath. (laughs) It was, it was my worst case scenario you kind of touched on it but (coughs) i mean if you could picture (coughs) sorry this episode is brought to you by cough suppressant by vicks (laughs) they um or what's our what's our go-to when we're home delsum i love delsum yeah it's good stuff oh i would murder for a delsum right now (laughs) um if you could picture like actual fishing boats when they send the lines out and they're like on the surface, you know, and they're trying to get like fish, or whatever. That's what we looked like. We did look like bait, just like mm-hmm. you know. And of course, like Kim said, she couldn't go under the water very long, so she spent most of her time just on the surface. Um, I could just show you, you know, ten minutes of GoPro footage of just <laughs> Kim on the surface, just hanging on to the board, crying, crying. But like, literally, it, it was like bait right if, if it would have been like great white territory oh i would like never that's, it's it. like those things they send out to get the great whites up because they sit on the surface yeah you know oh that's God. what we look I'm like i'm so glad i didn't think of that <laughs> when i was there because that's so true which i did think though the whole time after shark eight you had said the day before we were having a conversation because we were when we were snorkeling and whatever and we were talking about how awesome it was and like we didn't feel scared and like how brave we are you know <laughs> And you said, yeah, and when you're underneath like that, like you're part of the environment. You're part of the marine life and the whole experience. You become big on the, like, you're a big food chain person. Yeah, like you're part of it. So, like, nobody's going to mess with you when you're down there. When you're on top of, like, 
on top of the surface, that's where all like the lame ducks go. And that's when you become bait. That's when like you get attacked. So now that is the conversation that is now running through my mind as I'm bobbing on top of the surface with a shark circling me. Okay. I was terrified. Can I just say, if you if you guys are still hanging in here on this episode, you can tell that we've this gone completely off of what the topic of this entire podcast was <laughs> scheduled to be. But I, I like where it's going. But anyway. So that's how... Subwinging okay, is on. fun, dude. Subwinging is fun until you see a shark. I just want to say, this is important. Okay. That even after Shark Gate, I... Shark Gate? I'm calling what, it that now? That's what I'm calling it. Okay. I rallied for about 10 minutes. Okay? <laughs> you and I... We did. Do you call that rallying though? You didn't really Can I explain? explore anything else. You just no. stayed on the surface. No, I didn't. Put your head under the water. No, I didn't. <laughs> I had a conversation with myself <coughs> and said, you're okay. You're safe. Like, it's everything's fine. You're good. Like, everything is okay. So I kept having this conversation with myself because I was trying to calm myself down because there really wasn't anything I could do, right? So I was trying to calm myself down. And then after that, you cruised over and you said it's you said it's okay. It was just a reef shark, blah, 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 blah. Like you kept you said it's fine, it's fine. And then we dove under quite a few times and did some You're photo right. ops. You're right. And I performed for the GoPro. And and I will say, Shark Gate happened when as soon as I got the GoPro board. So we had it one GoPro that was attached to one subwing we we were each on our own subwing so there were two so aaron did the first half on with doing his tricks with the gopro then we switched so i got on the gopro where i was going to perform and do all of my tricks and that's when the shark came and after that i was like fucking done right like i had nothing to give it was just terror in my eyes the entire time but like i said i rallied we got some underwater footage. I didn't say take me out of the water right away. It That's was, true. and then it got to a point, and I know you agree because you even said that it was very choppy, very kind yeah. of murky. It lost its edge. I yeah. wasn't even seeing. I wasn't even seeing the reef. I wasn't like, no. where was the point? So now I'm just dangling out here, like yeah. nah, brah. Yeah. So I wrote, raised my hand. I said, I'm done. Yeah. Get me the f out of here. Yeah. And then we got out, and yeah. that was the end of it. That was it. That was our that time. Was, but it was fun. It was really fun. Yeah, it as was. long as you don't see a shark. Well, I mean, I actually enjoyed it because I was saying like I that felt, was your first shark. I felt very comfortable in the water, and I was like working through that. And so I actually said even snorkeling. I was like, I hope we see a shark because it's one of those you things say that, that. Like, it's one of those things that it's a big fear of mine, and I want <coughs> to like get better at that of being like no, like I'm okay. I'm not gonna go provoke it. You know, it's like seeing the sea snake. Like I'm not gonna go down there and be like, oh, cool, it's a new sea snake. I'm going to be like, okay, there it is. But, like, I'm a part of their world right now, right? But, like, they're also not just like, ooh, there's a guy. I'm going to go eat him. Yeah. Right? I mean, some sharks do, but, like... Most, yeah. Majority of them don't. Right. Right. So, so you manifested seeing a shark, and you got one. I got one. Oh. oh. I w- hold on. Can you, I wonder if the mic is picking this up. If you can hear this, our friend is watching. <laughs> he wants to say something. He's up there just staring he was right like, now. You totally did my impersonation totally wrong. Wow, so. that's hilarious. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, right. so Shark Eats over. Yeah. And now we can move in to coming home. Yeah, so. This is short and sweet. It, it doesn't, kind of is. Well, because we share the whole reason on the the real okay, well on our Instagram. So long story short, <laughs> Aaron and I are coming home early. It's so weird. Like I'm sitting here talking to you, but I'm like Aaron and I, you know, yeah. like isn't that weird? You're not talking to me. Right. Oh yeah, but we are. I'm you know, we're sitting on the couch like shooting the shit together. Gotcha. With our friend. Okay. So we're coming home early. Originally, we were going to come home. I booked a flight from Seoul, South Korea, back to the U.S. on September 8th. That was the plan. That was booked. And then I... Um, so, basically, we had to... Aaron had to get CEUs, which we knew about, right? Like, we knew his CEUs were due. It was a whole thing. 
What we didn't know was that in order to renew his California license, which is really, you never want to let that go because it's such a pain in the ass to get because you have to do your fluoro license and all that. He had to physically mail in an application, signed a check, a whole thing that he had to do manually. So, so I've had my California license for 10 years. So obviously I've had five renewals. So I, I knew this. The thing is, is after Peru, I thought we were flying home for a little bit before we would go anywhere. So I was like, I'll take care of all that then. But then we didn't fly home. We went straight to Bali. Mm-hmm. So, then, <clears throat> so then I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I'll just figure it out. Like, I know I need a signature. I could, like, try to mail it home. But all that stuff is crazy in Bali, right? It's not just, like, throw it in well, the mailbox. Well, we're halfway around the world. Like... That's what I'm saying. And then the, the fact that it could get lost. And then I just really didn't think it all the way through because you have to have a physical signature. I mean, come on, California. You're literally the tech capital of the world. And you're the only state that I know of right now that requires me to print out a renewal application every two years, physically sign it with a piece of, like a pen and paper, and then mail a fucking check. Like a check. I just had to order. I had to order checks. That's ridiculous. I I don't know. I don't know where our checks are. They're in storage somewhere or whatever. So like, anyway, when I realized September 8th, we were coming home, I was like, that's not going to work because I can't figure this out. Well, because we are going to have his mom do it, like go through the stuff, find the stuff, figure it out. And that ended up being way more of a hassle to right. try to, how are we going to get your signature? How are we going to get the applicant? It was a whole thing. So we're like, you know what? Screw it. Like, we're just going to have to go home. And the, the deadline was August 31st. So we're like, okay, we have to be home before then. So you have time to gather all this stuff and then ship it home. Now, I will say. Or ship it to California. I will say again, the CEUs, yes, like I need to be compliant. But I think at that point, too, Kim and I were looking for any excuse to, like, get back home. A hundred percent. Like, which, hold on, we'll talk about in a second. But I want, what was I saying? You just made me interrupt my thoughts. What do you mean? Oh, okay. So, because now we're going home in the middle of August, okay? So, we're going to go to Vietnam for Aaron's birthday, and then we're going to come home. From there, um, we're hoping the 13th. We had a whole issue with Hopper. Another another story. But, like, we're hoping we can change our flights and be able to come home on the 13th now. So, hopefully we'll figure that out today. But, anyways, um, we're coming home early. So, the window of opportunity for us to take a contract, now we're actually in the four to six week window, right? Because typically you look for a contract four to six weeks out. And when we were coming home in September, we were too far out to even start looking. So now it's actually like, oh, yeah, we can start looking because we can start at like the end of August. So what we're doing, which is super cool, and we've never done this before, but we thought it would be fun and we thought it would be super helpful and really be able to show the ins and outs and behind the scenes stuff is we wanted to do like a daily vlog type uh-huh. of thing. Where we literally share the entire experience of us looking for a contract currently. We're in another country looking for a contract, going through the process of that, interviewing, getting offers, going over contracts and pay packages and figuring out all of that kind of stuff. Like what we end up deciding, the the conversations we have, the decisions we make, the challenges that come up, all of that stuff that goes on like in this process. And then coming home, getting our Jeep, driving to the the place we're going. Finding housing. Finding housing, exploring a new city, like getting settled there, starting a new contract. Literally every single thing, every the whole entire process. We thought, why not share everything? Like as as we're going through it, right? So that was like as it's coming up, as we're going through it. So we're going to be sharing it in like a vlog-like style because we like how vlogs, like old school, like YouTube vlogs, right? Like the daily vlogs of people just kind of like, this is what I'm doing today. And it's very raw and unfiltered and kind of happening in real time, right? right. And that was the, the, the kind of the vision we had is like sharing as it's happening in real time. So we're going to do these quick vlog-like ser- like videos every day on our Instagram as a reel. 
And so we we wanted to do it as a reel because you they have to be 90 seconds or less. So the, again, quick videos of like what's going on as we're going through it. And reels don't disappear. So we share a lot on our story on Instagram, but those go away after 24 hours. So we really wanted to document this whole experience where people could follow along and, um, and be able to watch it whenever. Yeah. Right? Because it's never going to get, it's never, it's going to live there forever. And that's always something somebody could go back and watch like our whole process. Yeah. So that's the idea. And so if you want to follow along, we already have, I think, three vlogs or it'll be four vlog i'm doing air quotes vlogs already posted as our reels and it goes in order so it's labeled vlog one vlog two vlog three vlog four and again we have we have no idea no where we're going how any of it's going to end up we we really have no clue so we're just going to be taking you guys on the journey with us as we're figuring it out and again, I think the whole point of it was just to show some insight and to keep it as real and raw and candid and open as possible. Yeah, which is funny because it's like a it's an extra step like process that we have to like think about because we want it to be so raw as if we're going through it. And so it's like, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> like, oh, uh, email from our recruiter, grab the camera. Yeah. Like that's the first step. Oh, like. Here we go. Like, we're trying to find housing. These are the places we're looking at. Like, filming it. You know, like... As is, we're working. Which is what we never do. But we've said in 10 years, it was like, man, if we had, like, captured that process, that would have been really helpful for a new traveler. Yeah, and to really show not only, like, the good stuff, the exciting stuff, because it's this part of the process. Like, it's exciting because you're like, where are we going? What are we doing? But it's also overwhelming. There's a lot of decisions. It's kind of nerve-wracking. So to also show the challenges and, like, the real stuff that goes on behind the scenes of living this kind of life. And it's an experiment. We've never done it before. Reels aren't necessarily, like, vlogs in a sense, but we're going to use it in that way and have fun with it and hopefully, like, Add some value, have it be helpful for people, have it be entertaining. Like, we still have no idea what's going to yeah. happen. And we also want it to be an entertain, or entertaining. Um, oh, yeah. Well, that too. But interactive. So, like, people can ask questions as we're going through it, too. And, like, just kind of bringing the community into this. So, yeah. anyways, go to Kim and Aaron G. And you can follow along there. Make sure you're following us. And then on our grid profile, that's where reels show up. And you can just watch them whenever. Yeah. No, I think it's cool, too, because, again, like, this whole process, there is the possibility. And since you are listening to this podcast, you get a little inside. But there's a possibility that there's a contract for ultrasound and a contract for IR in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. Which is where Kim and I have always wanted to at least go and live and see. Because we, we feel called to like even settle down there. But we've never been there long term other than going on a vacation there. Right. And so right now it's we're recording this. It's Monday at whatever time. What time is it? So what time it's is it right now? 6.30 p.m. It's our time here in Bali. So, which means it's 6.30 a.m. on the East Coast. So we're hoping to connect, because all of this just came about yesterday, which was Sunday. So now, like, setting this whole thing in motion of we're going home early, let's start looking for a contract. And so we, we found the Colorado jobs yesterday, and now we're hoping to connect with the recruiter, which will be, like, tonight, yeah. our time, as they're getting into their day. And get the information and kind of see if it's a good fit and start the process of moving forward with it. So we're kind of just waiting to hear, which is kind of crazy. I'm like, oh, I can't believe we're going into this process. It's, I know. It's been a freaking minute, you know? It has. Like, which then, so this kind of, lead, uh, I guess this could lead in to quickly how we find a contract as a couple. Yeah. Or we could circle back and talk a little bit about, because you had mentioned we are ready to go home. So let's talk about the contract with the couple, and then we'll yeah, yeah. finish off. Okay. Yeah. So you had mentioned the Colorado contract. So how we find contracts together as a couple, because it's unique, right? Like, I do ultrasound, Aaron does IR, and sometimes we go back and forth with jobs where Majority one person's working, one person's not, and other times we both work. And so this time, this particular time, we both wanted to work. 
So we want to go home. We want to make a shit ton of money, which we can do when both of us are working, kind of put our heads down and really save a good amount of money. And so the first thing that we do is I reach out to our recruiter and our go-to recruiter, right? Like the one that we always, our club staffing recruiter who we've worked with for so long that we love, that we that's like the first person we check in with regardless of anybody else and or, you know, whoever else we're working with. Um, I said, we're coming back. Our start date is, you know, September, or the end of August. And we don't really care about the location right now. We just want to find something that we can work together. That's our priority, money and working together over being super specific with a location. So that's always the first thing that we do as a couple trying to find a contract. And so, and then obviously the Colorado thing came up and now we're just like, you know, we're going to Colorado. We're like, we are 100% going to Colorado. Um, So we'll say, you know, what areas do you see right now what cities what areas do you see that have both ultrasound and ir jobs a lot of them because it doesn't it's not always going to be the same hospital but if we can be in like the same area what area is popping right now for both of us i will say the first start is basically we ask straight up is there contracts for both of us in the same vicinity 100 percent, right and then basically from there a lot of times it's the answer is no right so then that next step is, I mean, it's a very simple process, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's literally like, then we'll say, okay, give us both jobs, right? Like, give me all the IR jobs, give Kim all the ultrasound jobs that you think fit, you know, what we like to take. And so we go through those jobs, and basically Kim or I will look for those jobs and see which is a really good fit for either one and that person will move forward with the job if we feel like okay that's that sounds good along with the little caveat that if there's not an ir and ultrasound job together right off the bat we will say narrow it down to regions around the the u.s that you see has a has a ton of ir jobs and a ton of ultrasound jobs because if one person moves forward, let's say San Diego, then IR is there, but there's always ultrasound jobs in San Diego. So I would move forward with taking that interview. So, right. So if, if there's initially not, you know, right off the bat, which we've had happen before, but if that's not the case, I will say this is easier to do when you're working with just one recruiter. Yeah. For both of us, for both jobs. That's the easiest, cleanest way to do it. It doesn't always work that way, but that's why we started that way because that is the easiest way to go about it because there's not as much shuffling around, right? Right. So, very streamlined. Very streamlined. So, in that case, if there's not anything for both of us in that moment, then one of us takes lead. So, if Aaron takes lead, he says, okay, this is a great job. I'm going to take lead on this one. He takes that job. And then the other person goes along for the ride and is still looking for a job, whether through the same recruiter or other companies, because now it's easier, right? Because now you can say, okay, we know we're going to San Diego, so I can work with my club staffing recruiter. I can look on the job boards. I can check in with Aya or Arias or whatever else and say I an ultrasound job in San Diego. It's more specific. It's easier. It's Correct. cleaner. And so... The other one will still be looking for a job and all I will say every single time every time we have always found we've always found something it might not have been right at the same time there will be some overlap like maybe it'll be a month which after which we like because then the fir- the person who first gets started ends up ending and the other person's there longer kind of closing it out yeah so it ends up I will say we've never not been able to do that it's just a timing thing. Yeah. But that's really the process is working with one recruiter, seeing if ever if there's something for both of you. If there's not, choosing who's going to take lead, that person takes the job and the other person now puts out all the feelers to try to find a job in the same area, knowing that it might take a little bit longer, but usually you can always find something, especially if you're in like a bigger city type area. Well, and there's also the caveat of like understanding, right? What is your specialty? Kim and I, IR and ultrasound is in high demand. Like we always, <coughs> we always have jobs out there somewhere. And to be honest with you, 
I think every single city we've gone to, there has been an opportunity for both of us to work. 100%. We've turned down most of them. No, I, I totally disagree. What do you mean? We've never turned down... 100% there's been times Give where... Give me an like, example. I, I've never seen that happen. Where they're like, I could find you a contract at another hospital in Atlanta. And we'd be like, no, I'm not working right now. Well, okay, yeah, that's it depends. What I'm oh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe. I guess that's happened. Like, that happened in Connecticut where I could have taken a job in, in Greenwich. Um, and then Atlanta could have. And then in Wisconsin, you could have. Wisconsin, I could have. And then I ended up taking the strike in Chicago, but there was also other opportunities around that area that I could have taken. Yeah. Yeah, in St. Louis. And I said no. Yeah. that Oh, that's true. Because you were working on that's when we were developing the backpack and like that was a full-time job, right? So yeah, obviously the reason why we switch back and forth is, you know, one of us is usually home working on all the Trapsess stuff and like all the other things going on, which you know, is a full-time gig on its own. And very good care of the other person. And, and of course, yeah, like that's part of the job too. So, but when we have wanted to both pick up something, because I mean, Bellingham, we did that. Oroville, we did that. San Seattle. Diego, San Francisco, Seattle. I mean, everywhere that we've gone that we've wanted, it's always worked out a hundred percent. So yeah, that's... Oroville. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I think traveling as a couple... Your odds, I mean, if you're a nurse, I mean, that's, oh. I'm so jealous of them because they literally, they can work in the same unit even. Yeah. Like there's, it's just, it's, there's so many opportunities. And, but I think even for radiology people, like it, it takes a little bit more work. It takes a little bit more finagling, sometimes more time, but you can usually work it out. You can figure it out. Um, I mean, and obviously it'd be issues. a little bit more difficult if you were the same specialty, but I think where I, I do know uh, a traveling IR couple. And they get jobs together all the time. Yeah, I think it's totally. Which is very rare so. to be looking for two travelers. I yeah, mean, but you unless don't have you to go to at, massive facilities. You don't have to work at the same hospital. So, like, right. you one could do IR at Harborview, one could do IR at Swedish. Like, because yeah. there's always so many different jobs, like, yeah. in the same place. Virginia Mason. Exactly. So, anyways, hopefully we will have uh, breaking news next week. Of, we'll of follow kind of, on the vlog. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't wait for the podcast. Wait follow for the, the, pod, follow yeah. the vlog because that's going to be legit. I'm like, that's that, going to be This real is time. the one project and like thing that we've said that I'm so excited I'm about excited for too. like a social media like project thing. Like, I'm super stoked about this. One, because it doesn't take me editing anything, it's easy yeah. to put together. Yeah. And I think that because like vlogs with YouTube and all that, it's like it's such a process. It takes so long to edit, it's a whole thing that. By the time you're like, you're like, you're sick of it. You know, yeah. you're like, this is too much work. Where this is so easy because we're just filming it with our video, our camera and then posting it, you know, as we're going through it. So it'll be easy to keep up with. Um, I think, I hope, again, we've never done this. So mm. we're going to try to share as much as possible. And hopefully, hopefully we'll say we're going to Colorado because now oh, that, now that we've seen that. And I will say again, there was this multiple is, opportunities. It wasn't right. just one. This was a this is a great example of like there was ultrasound jobs in Boulder and in Denver and in Aurora, and then there was our, an IR job in Lafayette and Denver and Aurora. So between all of that, like there's a hub there that if if it's a good fit, we're gonna find something there. Which is another good. I didn't even think about that. Like I've never seen this many contracts in Colorado. Like we've never worked there, ever. In yeah. 10 years. Wait. And we've never... I mean, I would have never turned down a Colorado job. Like, I would have really wanted to go yeah. to experience it. And I haven't seen them like this. And so that's also good to know that it's turning into a big traveler hub because it's a place that I'd like to go and get myself a little condo. I think Denver always has travelers. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, I agree. Like, it's not, it's not something that we've always seen, but like... But also, we haven't always been specific with it. And I think, because we're like, okay, like, we want to go here because, like, the contract's really high. Like, at least in the last year or so, we haven't been yeah. super specific with locations. It's been more about, like, the money. Right. But I do feel like Colorado, yeah, Colorado is a place we have always wanted to go and to live. So I, I feel it in my gut, in my soul. This is the time. This is going to be the time because we get to experience it as you know for months and to see do we really like it is this a place we would really want to live because we feel like it is but we've never spent more than a week there so we get to really like 
dive you know, in. dive in and get a sense of it. And maybe it's somewhere we end up staying forever. And so I really feel like it's going to work out. But anyways, we'll, we'll find out. Well, we'll I mean, see. that kind of leads in that whole conversation of like even saying like a place will stay forever. My throat used to close when we said that. And now like I'm really excited about that opportunity. And it's also like Colorado's big because it does fit, right? Like it's outdoorsy. It's like the backpack capital of the world for like United States, right? Like all the outdoor companies that are there, which is perfect for me right now, which is like the community I kind of want to be mentored in and like find people that can teach me different things and learn about this world. Well, and yeah, that was the other... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, and we actually ended up having some community there as well already established like some entrepreneurial couple that we really like who has their and we met crew. on a group tour in Greece who we fell in love with correct <laughs> and so like they're there and they're calling it their hub now and they're big entrepreneurs and they have an entrepreneurial like community as well so we're kind of in yeah not to mention the people we'll meet in the hospital right no, it a hundred. Oh my god, it a hundred percent feels right. Like it has to work. And Mimi loves Colorado. Mimi is obsessed with Colorado. She's such a mountain girl. She loves like oh, we'll be going into fall and winter. And I've always wanted to ski. And we said this is the year I'm gonna learn. Like what a great place to be close. Yep. That it doesn't turn into this whole crazy expensive ski trip. Like we're right there. Yep. Like all all roads are leading to Colorado. Like 100%. as we're talking about it, I just feel more and more 100%. sure. So, fingers crossed. We'll see. Follow along on the reel. We'll I might just drive to Colorado even if we don't have we'll just like, go. The, the contract locked in. Because it's just like, uh, this is happening. We can move in with Derek and Jessica who are our friends we met in Greece. Be yeah. like, we're here, guys. We're here. Yeah, you invited us. So we're, <laughs> we're moving in. For three months. With our baby. Yeah. Baby Laro. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the skinny. And, and I guess just kind of wrapping it up, like what we had alluded to a little bit of, of even though... Aaron having to do this California thing is really the trigger that, you know, made us make us the, the, push. the final decision that we're going to go home early. But that being said, we aren't mad about it. No. And we were kind of looking, I think, for any excuse. So we were like, oh, man, okay, California, you're a dick. But, like, secretly we were like, yes. Thank you. Because now we have, like, a legit excuse not that we need an excuse but i think just mentally for us to mentally. be like okay like we're going home and here's the here's a really legit reason why we have to go so i feel like it takes the pressure off that we can just be like it's it's all good yeah and i think too again like we came here because my ultimate goal was to when i say here we came here to bali like my ultimate goal was to just like settle in and kind of like live like I, I felt like I've always wanted to do that digital nomad kind of like lifestyle where we live comfortably and we go about our normal lives where we go to the gym and we work on projects and we go explore and we do all these things and like I had that whole fantasy and we've been traveling for five months now well four it'll be it'll be five by the time we go home four and a half four and a half okay so like four and a half months of being on the road and it's just gotten to a point where Kim and I are like, we love traveling. Traveling will always be a part of like what we do. I'm just not trying to live in another country anymore. Or like I like to plan, go, and then get home. Like I'm ready to go home. Yeah, we're, we're like I feel like we have this conversation where we feel like this has served its purpose. Like us being here in Bali has served its purpose. We have done so many had so many cool adventures, worked on so many creative projects that we wouldn't have had the time to do had we both been working in a contract or even one of us, right? Like we were really able to do some good stuff, have some adventures and we're just, it's at, we're at that point where you're like, okay, it feels done. It feels complete. Like we want to go home. Like, you know, the traveling is amazing and it's a, it's a privilege and I feel so grateful that we have the freedom and the money and the opportunity to travel for four months. I mean, again, we've been gone for four months. That's a long time. And um, it's a, it's amazing. But like anything else, after a while, that like novelty and that excitement and all like the, the craziness that comes with traveling, right? Like the figuring things out and you're in another country and it's chaotic and it's where are we eating what are we doing ah this is there's lizard poop everywhere and we're jumping on a scooter and a monsoon our power just and, goes out 
all of that that comes with travel that's like exciting and fun and like why you travel to like have these unique weird crazy experiences that are so different than your normal life that's why we like to travel and see the world it, it wears off over time where you start to be like okay like this is great and i'm kind of ready to get back to my normal comforts and yeah. and my stuff and not clean up lizard poop every day and like drive around in a jeep um, yeah. You know, like, where, where uh, cuddle fall, my dog. <laughs> where people follow traffic laws. Yeah, where there's traffic laws. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like all this stuff that's so exciting and new and fun. I think with anything, it just wears over time and, and it becomes to a point where you're like, okay, like, I'm ready to go. And and we always say, too, you know, the grass is always greener. The contrast. The contrast. And it's so true, I think, with anything in life. Like, you know, when we're in Colorado working in our contracts being like yay I'm so happy we're in Colorado and loving life there and all the things we're gonna have those days I don't think we will hear me out I don't have those days where you're you know in the grind and you're having a busy day at work and you're just kind of in one of those moods like as we get into it's very normal where you're just like I'm tired. I'm over it. And we're like, damn, like, I wish I was in Bali riding in a, in, on the scooter in a cleaning monsoon, cleaning poop. up lizard poop. And like, you know, like sitting in the 90 degree indoors without electricity, like, wham, I wish I was in Bali, you know, because that it's like the, the contrast of life, right? Yeah. It's just this ebb and flow of, you know, you, you have these experiences and then you're ready to kind of get back to normal and then you get back to normal and get back into a grind and then you're kind of ready to go again and that's always been our dynamic too and I think it's instilled in us from being healthcare travelers of just like our life changes every three to six months and we kind of get used to that where it's like okay we're ready for something different I would have to say the only like asterisk to that is the fact that you and I have been nomadic for 10 years healthcare traveling and we've also been going hard internationally for about five years Mm -hmm. and so we've done everything that we've said we wanted to do like you were like i want to travel around the world for like a year and we want to bounce around and go to as many places as we can and like we realized eh, not really our thing like whatever like we want to like hit one area really hard and go home and then there was like that that goal that i had of like i want to live somewhere like actually live like, do real things like you're living. Like, go to get the grocery store, get into a routine, <coughs> have your gym. Like, we have our commute to, like, on our scooter and, like, all those little things. Like, for instance, I told Kim we went to the grocery store today, and when we were in Bali five years ago, there's this huge statue in the middle of Bali, in the middle of a bood, and it is, like, a roundabout, and it's, like, a scary high-traffic roundabout. And I remember five years ago, I never wanted to ride the scooter that direction because I never wanted to get caught in that because I was too nervous. Now, I go through that all the time. The novelty is like worn off. It's like, I don't even realize I'm doing it anymore, right? So it's like, I've had that progression of doing the things that I've always wanted to do. And I'm so focused now with just like the whole nomadic thing. Like I'm so wanting to just like, settle in and be in my own place and like go out and go on a hike in the United States and like be active in the United States Yeah, because we spend so much time outside. Well, and I think it's like anything like you, you go, you're, we've been gone living in hotels. Like uh, we've been in Bali in this villa for two months, two months, but for the other two months we were living in hotels and eating out all the time and all of that. Like, that is really fun at first but like anything after four months of doing it you're kind of like okay cool like i'm ready to be like i want like my bleach and i want to clean and i want to like have you know just my vitamix and all like my big coffee pot like all of those things that i love and that are my comforts and then it's like you're in the states for four months working in a grind working in a contract and then you're like okay i'm ready for an adventure again and it's just this beautiful back and forth right but four months of traveling is a very long time where we were just yesterday like 
so annoyed because we didn't have food and we had to, you know, order something. What do you want? What do we need to get? And it's like, again, all those little things that are so fun and exciting about why, why we love to travel. Like, where are we going to eat? Where are we going to go? Let's try this place. Like we're foodies. We love like eating all the food and not cooking and not cleaning up and going out to eat. Like those are some of our favorite things. And when you get to a point where you're like, I don't want to eat out anymore. No, I, all the food's tasting the same. I just want to like cook a home cooked meal in my kitchen, listening to a tonight. podcast. Yeah, which we we got some pasta. We're gonna do it that tonight. But just all of those things that it's like that's when you it clicks in and you're like, okay, like it's time. Like we're excited. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. <coughs> Sorry. Just like I was so excited to get on the plane and head to Dominican Republic head to Peru, starting this whole adventure, start the plane to Thailand. You're so excited. You're so ready. You're just in it. Like, whoa, what an adventure. I now feel that way boarding a plane to head home to the U.S. of just being like, I'm ready for that next chapter. Can't wait to go through customs in San Francisco. You really, you appreciate, like, it's those little things that you really appreciate when you've been away from them for so long and then you come back to them and you're kind of over it and annoyed with them again and want something different. But yeah, it's like it's I can flow, but I'm saying I don't see myself ever. I'll say that right now doing a whole like five months, six months, seven month like journey. I like being more streamlined. That's yeah. where I'm at now. Oh yeah. No, a hundred percent. Like four months is I'm done. Like I don't want to go anymore. I don't, yeah. I don't want, and I feel like we should have actually saved this for a whole nother podcast because we could have gotten into so many more details that I feel like now it's just, it's saturated. Um, Just because, yeah, the last, like I was, the last thing I was going to say is that we're leaving Bali. We're going to go to Vietnam for your birthday again. And originally we are going to travel all through Vietnam for like a month, South Korea, and then go home. That was the original plan. And when we're sitting here talking about, because Vietnam's, you know, there's a lot to see and do there. It has always been a dream of ours to go and to, you know, explore so many things. And when we're sitting here talking about going here and doing this and we're like, oh my God, that sounds like absolutely exhausting. (laughs) Not to mention, you know, again, my backpack or my uh, luggage suitcases in Florida. So I don't have any of like hiking stuff or things that I would use in Vietnam you know, all that where we're sitting here, we're like, oh, this just, I don't know. There's your sign that like, why are we going to do it then? Right. Why are we going to travel and spend all this time and all this money and like not be so freaking stoked? Excited, yeah. Like there's your sign that you're kind of tired and you want to go home and it's, and it's okay. So now just like, we're going to go to Ho Chi Minh City for three days and, and do a food tour. I'm and, like, so excited. And, and yeah, and like dive into all the food and celebrate your birthday. And like, I'm so excited for that because it's three days and then we're going home. Right. Like we're going to enjoy every minute of that and, and then head home. And I'm, I've never been more excited to be on a long haul flight, like yeah. 18 hours across the globe to come home. I'm excited. Yeah. Agreed. I miss the US of A. Me too. And my, and my Mimi LaRue. We're, we're, and my Mimi LaRue. We're coming home. We're coming home. Yeah, so that was a lot. Um, just Jesus. remember to follow along on the vlog series on our Instagram at Kim and Aaron G. It's going to be epic. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, we'll take you through the whole process. And as we end every podcast, map your own path and always stay Travses. And we will see you next week. I actually just started that like three weeks. <laughs> I wanted to you're make like, it sound like, legit. Like we say it on everyone slash just the last two yeah. weeks. It's fine. They well, get said it. said it like the last month. Yeah. All right, we'll see you over on the gram. Love you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Trying something new. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that.